Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie and I am still your host. Today I have an interview with Annika Russo who works as a marketing coordinator for a credit union. She provides a lot of great insight into kind of why you don't need to go work at that big company that everyone is talking about and this was really great information for me to hear like in the beginning of my job search. So if you are in kind of like the same boat as me, this is a great episode for you to listen to and you'll get to see why Annika is happy in her job. Speaking of my job search, let's hop right into my professional and personal highlights for the week. On my professional side, I had two job interviews this week. One was for more of a sales role and one was for a PR internship. Both of those were just really great interview experiences and I'm confident in my skills and my abilities and it just makes me feel like one step closer to getting a job, which is really helpful and it just makes me feel like I'm, I must be doing something right in the job search, which gives me some sort of hope for the future. On a personal note, this really should have been last week's personal highlight, but Taylor Swift released a new album, Evermore, and it is absolutely beautiful. I am obsessed with it. My favorite song is Tis the Damn Season. Head on over to our Instagram at touchingbase underscore PR and tell me what your favorite song is from the album. I think Taylor Swift is a marketing genius and... I think she can do no wrong so let me know what you guys think over on our instagram all of that being said let's hop right into this interview with annika i think she can do no wrong so let me know what you guys think over on our instagram all of that being said let's hop right into this interview with annika hello hello how are you i am great how are you I am good. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. So my name is Annika Russo, and I am a marketing and communications coordinator for a credit union. Very exciting world. (laughs) Well, I am so excited to hear more about that in a little bit. But first, we're going to start with a little bit of a hot seat segment. So the first question that I have for you is, if you could jump into a pool full of something that wasn't water, what would it be? Probably wine. I really like wine. So (laughs) that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, Otherwise, it would probably be something fluffy that I could, you know, just kind of hang out in while I maybe have a glass of wine. Yeah, I definitely think for me, it's like the weirdest thing. Every time I think about this question, I kind of think about jumping into like a pool of like cotton balls. Yes. I feel like it would just be very entertaining and very fluffy and very comfortable. Very comfortable, very relaxing, you know, you know, it's there to catch you and give you comfort. So it would be a great thing to jump into, I'm sure. Yeah. So, and now another question that I'm curious about is if your life was a movie, what do you think you would call it? If my life was a movie, what would I call it? Ooh, you're catching me off guard. Um, (laughs) I don't know. To be honest, my life is fairly normal and boring, I would say. Um, I mean, fun fact, I... The high school I went to had a Lifetime movie made about it, um, but that was, you know, years ago. What movie? It's called The Fab Five, The Texas Cheerleading Scandal, Mm -hmm. so it was a very long time ago, but... (laughs) My life is nowhere near a cheerleading scandal these days. So I would say it would probably just be, you know, your average Netflix or Lifetime basic girl movie. (laughs) 
yeah now that you bring up your high school I'm trying to think of like I think one of the craziest things for my high school was that I guess it was in 1999 there was like a big food fight in the cafeteria and it was all over the news channels and I feel like that was like our claim to fame <laughs> but I mean better than than a, a tragic not tragic but embarrassing high school cheerleader story but I would have much rather had a food fight yeah I think a food fight is definitely a better option right um now moving more into the PR focused questions um can you start by sharing where you went to school and what you got a degree in yeah so I went to the University of Missouri uh, in Columbia Missouri and originally my degree was going to be journalism that's why I chose Mizzou they're one of the best journalism schools in the country kind of next to Columbia University so their journalism school is what attracted me I I grew up in Texas I had literally no idea that Missouri was even a state I mean I knew it was a state but the Midwest was not in existence to me growing up and was attracted to their journalism school so I took one journalism class my freshman year, and it was just kind of made to weed you out, uh, like an intro to journalism class. Took that, and I was like, this is going to be a lot of work. It's extremely competitive. So I decided to switch to communications and had a hard time my first year of college. Um, I ended up failing out and had to reapply and got back in after working my butt off the summer after my freshman year and got back into college and still managed to graduate in four years and um, ended up getting my degree in communications and then a minor in business. Wow, that is definitely a story of kind of perseverance and going back to where you wanted to be and finding your way back there. Um, I think weed out classes are the absolute worst things and I don't think that they should exist. Right. Um, I well actually I guess it's kind of a love hate relationship for me with weed out classes I ended up in an English major because my freshman year of college I started out with a neuroscience major and chemistry was a weed out class and that one didn't work out so well (laughs) so that's how I kind of ended up on this like path so I think like I think I, I don't like the idea of them but they're also kind of a blessing in disguise I agree. It was definitely, I mean, it was my first class that I took. So it was hundreds of students in there all trying to do the same thing because the way that Mizzou worked is that you were either accepted into journalism right away or you were considered pre-journalism. So if you were pre-journalism, you had to take this kind of pre-journalism class to make sure that you were serious about pursuing the degree. And I I just, I mean, they made it seem like I was going to have no social life. And my freshman year was, I had moved from, from Texas to go to school, you know, hundreds of miles away from my family. And I was like, no social life, it's college. I have to have fun. So the idea of doing a degree that uh, was going to take that away from me at the time was probably not a good reason to switch out of the class, but that's the direction I went. (laughs) I mean, I think I feel kind of like the same way. Like, um, could I probably have succeeded as a chemistry major if I tried a little bit harder? Yes, but I was also still trying to go to tutoring twice a week. And my second semester, I tried to, I, I, my second semester, I joined a sorority. So that became a lot of my social life. And like, it, I was, it's just kind of like a, is this what you want to do? Right. 
But I also think it's so strange to me that your intro journalism class was like 100 plus people. Because when I took intro to journalism, something at my school is you can only take intro to journalism if you're an English major. Um, because we don't have a journalism program. So you can only take intro to journalism if you're an English major. And my class probably only had about 12 people in it. Oh, wow. And we were in a teeny tiny room in like the top of the library. So definitely like very different worlds. Yeah, my classes my freshman year of college all had over 100 people in them each. They were, you know, kind of those big major classes that you just take to your kind of core classes you take to get them out of the way. And so you can go on to the more specialized classes. But it was definitely a lot of very large lecture halls. Yeah, I have not had a class in the lecture hall in probably the past two years and it's been such a blessing not having to like go into that building and it's just it's just so so much of a better experience because it's like it's less intimidating to talk to people in your class and to raise your hand and to participate so I definitely think my biggest college tip is like to stick it out until you're in those smaller classes because it gets it goes uphill from there I totally agree you definitely I can't say that I remember, I don't know that I remember learning anything that I've really taken forward in my career from those larger classes. They were things like psychology and um, I, I think I took like a nutrition class my freshman year as like a science credit. And while they were like fun classes, you know, I haven't specifically used anything I learned in those in my career. So, you know, they're just kind of they give you the experience of working with large groups of people, I think, but you, you don't get a whole lot out of them and in the sense of what you're going to do in the future. And I think it's also like the professors know that most people in those classes are only there for the like general education requirements. So almost they don't also, they really don't care either. I remember my intro to psychology class, she literally just read off her text like just read off her powerpoint in class like I learned nothing that wasn't on the powerpoint but then all of the information in her powerpoint was information that she pulled directly from the textbook so I literally would go to class and if she was like oh we're having a pop quiz I'd stay and if she wasn't I'd leave yeah that's that's how so many of mine were as well until I got to you know farther into my degree yeah so when you were in school did you have any internships or did you work any jobs anything of that kind of nature So my jobs that I had in college were very unrelated to what I ended up doing. I think I worked in the library for a little while where I would literally glue books back together. It was just, you know, kind of a job to pay for gas. (laughs) And then I worked in the IT department for a little while selling uh, software to the professors and stuff like that. But as far as internships went, um, like I mentioned, my, my freshman year, my summer after freshman year was spent trying to get back into college. So I focused on that. And then kind of from there, um, my, my sophomore year or the summer after sophomore year, I went back home and I interned for a radio station in Dallas. Uh, at that point I knew I wanted to do something kind of in marketing or something kind of in that realm. Um, especially having, you know, pursuing a communications degree, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with it because there's so much that you can do with a communications degree. So I interned for a radio station and pretty much the internship was helping to 
put on this huge music festival that they had during the summer. So I got a taste of what working in radio was going to be like, and I quickly realized I wanted nothing to do with that (laughs) because it didn't seem like it paid very well. And it was a lot of work and you pretty much start at the bottom and, and work your way up. But, and I mean, you do that for any job, but more so in, in radio where it's a, it's a lot of physical labor and I didn't, didn't want to do that. So it was a good learning experience and a, a good, I mean, sometimes internships are great for learning the things you don't want to do too. So that's ended up being what this one was. And then um, another summer, I kind of went into more of an event planning internship because I was, I think I had stayed in the, the town I lived for college um, that summer. Um, I was taking some summer classes just to kind of catch up with my degree. And I, I worked with a chamber of sorts. They were kind of like the chamber for a smaller version of the chamber for, for Columbia. And we helped put on an event that essentially encouraged people to visit some of the museums that were in the town, some, some of the smaller ones. So we planned kind of like a bar hop, if you will, but to the various museums. And so that taught me a lot about event planning, which did end up being a lot of the role that I've had kind of in my career. So I've, I've done a lot of event planning type things in my career. So that was a good learning experience just to learn how to coordinate so many different logistics that go into event planning. Yeah. And I think that event planning kind of combines a whole lot of different skills, um, coordinating people, like you said, and also just learning more logistical things like that. And I think that and your internship with the radio definitely taught you a lot of important skills that you use, even if it's not exactly what you wanted to do then. Right. Yeah. I definitely learned, I would say for my internships, more of the things that I didn't, I knew I didn't want to only have a career in event planning or only have a career in radio. I think ultimately what my internships taught me is that I like to wear a lot of hats and I like to have my hands on a lot of different things, which is the the jobs that I've had post-college have allowed me to kind of be more, not so specialized, but more of a, an all-encompassing marketing professional. Yeah, and I definitely think that marketing is one of those roles where you're wearing a bunch of different hats. So just learning that early on is and knowing that that's something that you want to do really sets you up on that path to work in marketing. Yeah, for sure. So kind of walk me out of college and to your current job. Walk me through your path. So my first job out of college, I mean, I know you just graduated, so you're probably going through this, but you graduate Mm -hmm. and you're so excited to go into the world. And then you're like at a standstill because you're job hunting (laughs) and (laughs) and it's so, so frustrating because you're looking at all of your friends getting jobs. I had friends that had jobs lined up before we even graduated. And, you know, I was just struggling to like figure out what I was going to do, um, it was like I had pretty much a week or two to figure out what I wanted to do before my parents were going to move me back home to Texas. And I just really didn't want to do that. 
you know, at the time I was uh, dating somebody and I like really wanted to stay in the same state as him. And so I was like adamant about trying to find a, a job. And one day my dad texted me a Craigslist post and it's like, are you insane? I'm not going to get a job that I found on Craigslist. <laughs> and it was for a natural gas company, which again was not at all anything I ever thought I wanted to do. Um, like after college, I really wanted to go move to either St. Louis or Kansas City or Chicago, um, you know, kind of stay in the Midwest and be close to my friends that I'd made and go work at a PR agency. You know, I wanted that big fancy job, wear the nice clothes, you know, have the apartment in the city. And that's what I really wanted. And it's not at all what I got. <laughs> and I never went down that path. Um, so I ended up getting this job at a natural gas company. And my first job was a public relations specialist. I had literally no idea what I was doing. I mean, I went in for my job interview. I was sweating so much, like definitely through my shirt. The people hired me on the spot because they liked me. They were like, you remind us of our, our daughter or our son. So we want to give you a chance. And I had no business ever getting this job. I mean, I did not deserve it. There were definitely mm -hmm. people more qualified than I was, but luckily somebody gave me a chance and I Googled everything for that job. If I didn't know how to do something, I Googled it. If I didn't know how to do something, I called somebody that did and I asked them for help. Um, it was definitely, it, that job taught me everything that I know how to do now. Um, it was definitely a jump into the deep end head first and uh, swim without your floaties kind of job and just had to kind of figure it out as I went. Google is the greatest device. It can show you everything you need to know. I even sometimes like when I was first writing my first press releases, I was like, what does a press release look like? How do I do that? That's literally what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I looked up like a template of how to write a press release because I'd never written one before. And that was something I did every single day, it seemed like, or um, I would have to write radio ads, which I'd never done before either. And the, I mean, these are the things they don't teach you how to do in a mm -hmm. communications degree. So <laughs> it was a lot of Googling that kind of stuff. So I did that job for um, I probably about two years. And then I was at the time I had moved from where I was going to college to a very small town, like an hour or two South of there. Um, so I was still in Missouri and the project that the uh, natural gas company was working on and that I was a part of, I mean, my job was essentially this organization was coming into these small towns and we were bringing natural gas to, to people that only had propane. So we were destroying their yards, destroying <laughs> the town, digging everything up. And my job was to basically keep people happy. Um, so I went to a lot of town hall meetings, which was really an interesting experience for me. Um, you know, I was 24 in a going to town hall meetings and rotary club meetings with, mm -hmm. you know, people that were three times my age. Um, but everybody loved me and it was so nice to like get to know these people and kind of you know befriend them so although my age was 
an, an odd factor in the, this town that I lived in and kind of the job and role that I had, it, it ended up being helpful, I guess, because people were, they recognized that I was young and learning and were, you know, kind about that. So that was nice. <laughs> but I did that for about two years and that project was kind of coming to an end. And although nobody was really saying it was coming to an end, I just kind of got the sense that it was. And I was kind of aware that, you know, my job wouldn't be as necessary anymore. And so the company that, that owned them, um, they were based in Colorado. And so I asked to move to Colorado and kind of go work at their parent company. And so they were on board with that. So I moved to Colorado for exactly a year doing switching into more of like a marketing, um, marketing role. And so I kind of oversaw what I had been doing in Missouri, but I did it for Colorado and Missouri. So I did that for exactly a year and I hated the snow in Colorado. I mean, I grew up from, in Texas. My family is all from Florida. The snow was not anything I wanted to do with and, and Denver is very expensive to live. So I decided to move to Kansas city where my now fiance lives and I had been traveling back and forth to see him all the time. So it just made sense to move to Kansas City. Mm -hmm. So I left the, the natural gas company. They didn't have a job in Kansas City available for me. And I kind of just took the first job that I that would hire me. Um, I, I like hate to say that and hate to recommend that people do it, but I was desperate and I just was like, I'm going to take whatever I can. So I took a job um, doing social media marketing, which essentially I managed way too many clients. Um, the company I worked for definitely overwhelmed their employees with the number of clients that we had. And I managed about 200 accounts, which is absolutely insane. And it's impossible to keep up with. So mm -hmm. we manage their accounts and we would do social media ads for them. So Facebook ads, Instagram ads, um, exactly what you would think we would do. So I did that, that for another year. And I very quickly re realized that I missed, I missed having my hands on all the different things. And so that's when I started looking and moved into the organization that I currently work for. So I am currently a marketing and communications coordinator for a credit union in Kansas City, and I do all the marketing things. I, I do everything from, I've written press releases to radio ads, to managing our vendor partnerships, to working with our social media team and graphic designer, and it's definitely more of my wheelhouse of kind of being the project coordinator of the marketing team. I think that social media management is such like a specific niche. And unless you really, really love it, you get burnt out so quickly. My junior year of college, I decided that I wanted to try to do as many things as I could on campus. And I got a role as a social media intern for our dining services department. And basically in that role, I had meetings three times a week and these meetings were two hours long each. So I was meeting with these people essentially like six hours a week and then working on posts like the other four hours of the week. So it was 10 hours a week essentially, but we would just sit there for hours and just brainstorm what we were going to post on the account. And I was like, 
I eventually I was like this is not as hard as you guys are making it seem to be like it was kind of like I was like I don't need to sit here for two hours so we can decide on one Instagram post like sometimes we made really fun and creative posts but at the end of the day they weren't all super rewarding and I like left that internship after like two months because I was like why am I spending so much time here if I'm not happy yeah social media is a very hard job to get into and I think a lot of people look at social media and they're like, oh my God, you know, we have, you know, the influencer world. And then we have social media just seems like it's this fun, really exciting role to get into. And there are a lot of really fun things about managing social media, especially if you're managing for like, you know, the Taco Bells and the Wendy's of the world. Like those are really fun accounts to work on. But social media can also be extremely hard. And a lot of times you're not seeing the really negative sides of social media. For example, um, you know, I have a social media specialist on my team and we're constantly dealing with the negative side of people being unhappy with the service or unhappy about literally anything. And those Mm -hmm. messages, they don't come in from nine to five. Those messages come in at one, two, three in the morning sometimes. So I think people, if you're wanting to get into social media, not to steer anyone in the opposite direction, but there's definitely a good side and a bad side to it. And you just have to like be aware of when to step away sometimes and like take care of yourself because it can be really hard on your mental health as well. Yeah. And especially when you're working with client, like when you're working with a client that has a lot of customers and things like that, like everyone puts everything on the internet nowadays it's never like a oh I'm gonna call up their helpline and see if they can help me it's like I'm gonna angrily tweet at them and then they'll answer and people need to realize that maybe that is not the best way to go about things but I think that that is a really important point of social media that like that's not something that I had to deal with in my internship because we were catering to college students that just wanted to eat food but I think that that's a really, really important concept that you bring up. And I think that that's something that everyone needs to think about before they go into social media management. Yeah, you definitely need some level of customer service experience, I would say. Or if you don't have customer service experience, just if you're working in a position where the the business you're doing social media for is selling some sort of product or providing a service to people, you definitely will have some sort of customer service um, aspect to your role. Because like you said, people would much rather go to social media before picking up the phone or emailing to get their issue resolved. No one wants to sit and wait on hold for hours or, you know, even more than five minutes nowadays, no one wants to do that. So they're going to come to social media first. Yeah. So moving kind of, you mentioned customer service as an important skill. What are other skills that you think are important for someone that wants to work in marketing? Important skills for people who want to work in marketing. Um, I think having curiosity is really important. Um, the marketing world is extremely fast paced in terms of there's constantly a new platform to market on or a new skill to learn. Things are constantly changing in that sense. And so having curiosity and just constantly wanting to learn new things, I think is really important. Um, communication is extremely important as well. 
just being able to know how to speak to people and email people in a way that is not, you know, too overwhelming or too short either is really important. Um, especially when you're marketing to someone, you want them to take some sort of action typically. So being able to communicate in a way that is understandable to people, I would say is definitely an important key as well. Yeah. So what do you think kind of like a day-to-day looks like for you? I know we always say that like marketing is ever-changing and being curious is so important, but what are some of the daily tasks you do or tasks you do on a kind of regular basis? Yeah. So right now, a lot of Zoom meetings, (laughs) definitely a lot of time sitting in meetings. I think, you know, even though we've been working from home since March, everyone's still kind of trying to figure out this whole Zoom world of, um, you know, what is necessary to have a meeting for and what is not necessary to have a meeting for. A lot of the things that we used to get done just by and passing in the hallway or being like, hey, I did you get this done or whatever? We don't have that ability to do anymore. So lately, it's just been a lot of sitting in meetings. Um, I mean, my typical day-to-day is getting up, answering emails. Um, I, at right now, at you know, this time of year, it's budget season, and so we're planning for next year. So a lot of meeting with my vendors, um, we hire a lot of third-party vendors to kind of outsource things that we're not able to do in-house. We have a really small marketing team, and I'm a big proponent of spending our marketing budget in places for people that know how to do those things that we need help with better than we could do. I don't, I don't like to try and waste my time trying to learn to do something that's going to take me the entire year to learn how to do when I know that there's a really good vendor out there that could help us do that instead. So right now, just a lot of planning for next year, um, sitting in with different departments, kind of seeing what their plans are for next year, what are their goals, and then how can we as a marketing department, what can we do for them to help them meet those goals? So right now, a lot of meetings and planning. Yeah, and I think Zoom meetings are like, like you said, kind of like no one really knows, like, when do we need a Zoom meeting? When do we not? I know, like, my dad's working from home right now. And like, he works in our living rooms. So like we go down there and he's like, oh, be quiet. Like I'm on a meeting. And I was, I'm like, you were definitely not on this many meetings when you were in the office. No, it's like everybody wants to have hour long meetings for things that really should only take, you know, 10, 15 minute conversation to do. And it's very exhausting. And I mean, I find myself multitasking a lot while I'm on meetings, which it's, I mean, it's just, you know, Zoom fatigue is definitely a real thing. Yeah, it really is. So kind of going off of Zoom fatigue, what would your biggest tip for working from home be? Have you kind of figured out a system for yourself? How, how are you managing it? So I learned very quickly that if you need time to work or you want time to work on something, you have to put it on your calendar. Because if you have a block of time on your schedule, somebody is going to see that and they're going to schedule a meeting for that time. So blocking off time on my calendar to literally just do my work versus have a meeting is super important. Um, I personally, working out for me is really important while I'm working from home. It was something I was doing when we were going into the office. And so like blocking off time on my calendar to 
be able to have a workout or even just have lunch because it's it's like lunchtime doesn't exist in the work from home world <laughs> because if there's you know like I said if there's an hour of time on your calendar somebody's going to snag it up um especially at the end of the year and as we start getting into like our really busy season in the beginning of the year that's time is definitely valuable to not only me but everybody else so I feel like we almost need to normalize doing other things while also being on zoom like we're all capable of having a conversation and kind of doing other things at the same time so like why don't people schedule like a meeting where you're all gonna eat lunch but also have your meeting right I think that we really need to moving forward if we want to continue working from home and being like these adaptable people we need to better adapt to the situation for sure I mean there's definitely some meetings where you know they require your full attention and then there's there's other meetings like have a a reoccurring meeting every two weeks that it's for you know a large project and I'm in there just to kind of represent our department but I'm not exactly needed at the stage of the project that they're in but it's still important that I'm you know there in the meeting. Mm -hmm. And so I I spend a lot of time in meetings like that, just going through my emails, cleaning up things, answering emails, um, you know, setting up different things with with other people, but trying to like multitask. And, you know, if a question did come up in that meeting, I would still be prepared to answer it. But otherwise, if I'm, you know, I'm just sitting there listening to a meeting that generally doesn't have anything to do with me but still I still have to be there yeah and I think that it's just I think that it's really hard for a lot of people to just like work in their inside of their own home because it's like when you're in your home it's like you know that there are other things that you could be doing like I was doing a work from home internship over the summer and like I'd be writing a press release while also being like oh like my laundry needs to get done and it was like my laundry was five feet away from me I could have done my laundry but I had to do my work right yeah there's definitely I mean my laundry is piling up behind me right now of all the things I need to do and and laundry I need to do and dishes and vacuuming and just you know getting ready for Christmas and all of those things so it would be so nice if I could you know do all of those things while I'm on a a phone call but sadly that doesn't tend to happen that way most of the time Yeah. So what do you kind of think is like the best part of your job? And then on the contrary, like the worst or your not so favorite part of it? I'll start with my least favorite part of my job. um, Only because I I talk about this with my coworkers all of the time. Um, I, I mean, there's obviously different channels that you can market on and we do a lot of direct mail and I absolutely hate direct mail. I think it's such an outdated um, method of marketing and we do it so much and I just hate it because it's a tedious process. And so I would say that's my least favorite thing. Um, it's just expensive and I just I just don't enjoy it. I wish somebody would make it like an automated process for me and I could just click a button and it would be done. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that and then things just like, expense reports and like submitting invoices and stuff like that it's kind of those everyday mundane tasks that you know you have to do them because they're important but they feel like they take so much time like I you know a stack of receipts will pile up on your desk and that you just keep it piling up and 
you don't want to do them, but you know, as soon as you start doing it, it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like that, I would say are my least favorite part, but those are parts of every job. And then my favorite part, I would say, I mean, I love the creative process of watching something, going from strategizing something to, you know, planning it out to watching it come to its end product. Um, In particular, my favorite part of my job is getting to work with um, our production vendor to film a commercial. Like the process of filming a TV commercial from Mm -hmm. start to finish is just such a cool experience. And um, I really like uh, being involved with that. I think TV commercials are so fun. It was something I got to experience during my first PR internship ever. I was working in my college's office of media and public relations. And one day they like emailed me beforehand and they were like, Hey, please come dress like business casual. Um, We're going to be working on a commercial. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like sounds cool. But then I got there and I found out that I was actually like in the commercial and I was like, Oh, that's, (laughs) that's interesting. But it was, it just like, it's the funniest thing. Like seeing everything that goes into a commercial, like, I was just in like one scene where we were like pretending that we were like in a classroom and like we were like learning and collaborating with each other. But then when it like comes down to it, it was only like one second of the actual commercial. But I think the process of commercial making is so fun and so exciting. And like, it's like a really a case where you get to see your work play out and it's a, it's really a rewarding experience. It for sure is. And I'm sure you guys filmed that, you know, two, three second portion of it like 50 times in order Uh to get the shot that you wanted. (laughs) Yeah. So kind of, I have two more questions for you. The first one is what advice would you tell someone in college that wants to work in marketing? What would you tell them? What is the biggest thing that they should do? So my advice, I guess, could be for kind of any degree, but I would say um, utilize your like career resource center at your university or college or whatever you have access to. The like career centers will help you put together your resume and do mock interviews. And, um, you know, those are really valuable skills that nobody else is going to really teach you in college, but the career center is there. I mean, that is their purpose is to do that for you. And then I would say utilizing organizations that have to do with your, what you want to have your, you know, what you want to do after college. So I was part of um, a communication organization where we would set up, um, I guess, kind of field trips, for lack of better words, to go uh, to various cities in the area and see what kind of jobs we could do with a, a communications degree. So we would set up these field trips and go to you know, a PR firm or different organizations that had marketing or communications or PR type roles and see, okay, you have this kind of degree, here's how you can apply it in the real world. So seeking out those kind of experiences, I mean, it's in a way like a, like a one day internship where you went in, they talked to you, they showed you the organization. And, you know, I actually ended up applying to a lot of those places while I was looking for a job. Mm -hmm. So my advice, I guess, to 
anybody seeking a marketing degree would or marketing role or PR role would just be don't be afraid to like reach out to people and ask them questions, like ask to shadow them for a day, especially right now. I think people are very willing to do that for people. I think that college career centers are so underrated. They do not get all the hype that they deserve. They are such a great resource to help with your resume and to help with your cover letter and to help you make your LinkedIn and all of that. And they're definitely not utilized as much. And I think that in college, you're required to take all these general education classes. And I don't know why more colleges do not add like a class on career development and your professional resources on campus, because it's something that I think people not only don't know about, but don't utilize. For sure. I mean, your first job interview, like your first real job interview, I think, at least for me, was just kind of like a slap in the face. It was not at all what I was expecting. And you're just kind of like, whoa, these are like really serious questions that nobody's really prepared me to answer. So definitely, um, you know, utilize mock interviews, have send your resume to like everybody in your family, have them look over it. I mean, send it to send it to you know, people you've worked in with in the past and have them review it as well. And just, you know, get the, all the advice you can. People are generally always willing to give, give advice. Yeah. And something that I really took advantage of this last semester, it was like, I was finalizing out my resume and I took, I didn't, I've been doing an internship for two years in Binghamton's athletic communications office. So something I really wanted to do was make sure that I was covering like the best parts of it on my resume. So I like literally sent all the bullet points I was going to use about it to my supervisor. And I was like, do you think I'm missing anything important? And I think that that's something that you could do for any job or any internship, like when you're leaving, especially with internships, when you're leaving that internship, just being like, Hey, do you think I'm missing anything for my resume? And remember to keep track of the things you do for your resume, because I know this summer I did not do a lot at my internship. It was really like kind of like lackluster just because of COVID. So it was like when I was trying to write things down on my resume, I was really trying to, I like literally looked back at every assignment I had this summer and I was like, how am I going to spin these into new things on my resume? Yeah, for sure. And even just you know, not using the same resume for every job you apply to. I know it's tedious, but looking at what the job that you're applying for is and taking taking information from that and seeing how you can like shift your own resume to make sure it really stands out and you know shines on those important keywords that they're using in the job description especially if you are applying through like a job application portal those keywords are so 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 important you need to really dig into that application and see what they're looking for and then put those exact keywords in your resume or you will not be found by that company. They get so many applications through their portal that you need to be able to stand out and that's how you do it. Yeah, for sure. And and I guess I would just add, you know, kind of related to people who are job seeking right now. I mean, I have always worked in industries that are very compliance heavy and not, you know, the sexy kind of PR agencies or marketing firms or things like that. And I would say those jobs are very appealing, you know, to a a young professional, but there's a lot of jobs out there that, you know, aren't as, um, you know, entertaining in the sense of 
big and shiny, I guess you could say, where you still have a lot of the perks and benefits of that agency feel, but you're getting more hands-on experience than you probably would at an agency. So I would say don't be afraid to apply to the not so shiny looking jobs mm-hmm. because I think those are the those are the positions where you really get a chance to learn more. Yeah, and I was having the same conversation with someone last week, but it's more so about the skills you're getting and the skills you're developing. And if you enjoy the like if you enjoy the tasks that you are being given, it doesn't matter where you're working. For sure. I think I think when I was looking for jobs, it was like the appeal of an agency is you get to work with these big names and, you know, have beer in the office or wine in the office and happy hours and all that kind of stuff. And like, you can get that at other places as well too. I mean, that's super common in the the workforce right now is kind of how can we appeal to the younger generations where you're spending so much of your time at work and they want it to be enjoyable for people. So it's uh, not so much like it used to be where it was like, you could only get those things at, at other jobs. But I think, I think for sure, there's so many positions out there that you can get so much experience from and people will trust you with, with things more so than you would, um, you know, at the places where you, you might not think you could get that. Yeah. And now to kind of wrap everything up that we talked about, if you could do your whole college career path over again, is there anything that you would do differently or change? I wish I would have studied abroad. That's the one thing I did not do in college. And I wish, uh, I wish I would have just because traveling is so much easier when you're, you know, one in school younger and you don't care if it's, you know, you're staying in a nice hotel at that point, you just want to experience things. So I wish I, I would have studied abroad. I don't know where I would have gone or what I would have studied, but I would have probably chosen about anything. Yeah. I think that studying abroad is kind of like this thing. It's like, everyone kind of wants to do it, but then you get so involved on campus that it's like, you don't, you can't think of leaving campus to go do it. I know for me, it was like, I got to campus as a freshman. My second semester, I joined a sorority. So then my first semester, sophomore year, I knew I wanted to run for a leadership position. So I ran for a leadership in my sorority and that lasted me second semester, sophomore year and first semester of junior year. And then I wanted to take on a bigger leadership role. So I took on vice president, which was a whole nother year. So by the time I graduated this semester, I had never had a semester like not involved in leadership. So there was never like an opportunity for me to just be like, oh, by the way, I'm going to peace out to another country for the semester. See you. See you in six months. Right. Yeah, I I was the same way. I was super involved in school and then, you know, just trying to make sure I graduated on time. And, and so it was, it just never really fit in with the schedule, but I wish I would have. Right. And I think that if you know, you want to study abroad, I would definitely suggest trying to do it, like making that plan early on and making sure that it's something that you can commit to, because you will get kind of so wrapped up in college life that you'll just like, you won't do it. Yeah, for sure. And I know at least at my college, it was, you know, it wasn't something that was available 
all of the time. They, it's kind of like, you know, this is what's offered for this semester and this is what's offered for this semester. And it's not the same places every time. So you definitely have to keep your eye on it and, and plan and make sure, you know, you can afford to also do it as well. Right. Well, thank you so, so much for being here and taking the time to chat with my audience. Thank you so much for having me. I will have all of your links down below so people can find you and reach out to you if they have any additional questions about all of your experiences and everything you've kind of done. Um, And to the listeners, thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you guys in the next episode.